There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on July the 21st, 2010. I always suggest for newcomers to go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website and always bookmark the other sites you see listed there. These are the official sites. And when you get a problem with uh, the main one, com, it's because often too many folk are going in it all at the same time, supposedly according to Yahoo. And uh, these alternate sites should help you out there with the easy downloads of the talks I've given. And there's hundreds of talks up there for free for downloads. And remember, all those sites have a lot of transcripts in English of the talks I've given. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into alanwatsentinel.eu and help yourself there. You print them up and pass them around to your friends. And they all have the same audio as well, including the, the Sentient Sentinel site. And remember, too, that you bring me to you. I'm the only person out there, I think, who, who depends upon you. This is a tin can rattling moment uh, because um, I don't take money from advertisers uh, the ads you hear on this show are paid by advertisers directly to RBN. I've got nothing to do with it. Uh, and that pays for the airtime and the broadcast and their staff to RBN and their bills. So you've got to help me out with mine. Go into cuttingthroughmatrix.com website. See the books I have for sale. They're different from anything else you'll read out there. It's a technique of waking you up without just filling your head full of other facts. Uh, and uh, I show you, as you read it, the techniques of thinking for yourself and using critical thinking powers or reasoning. And you'll see things in your everyday life for, for the first time in a, in a new light altogether. Things that have been all around you all the time, including people's behaviors, and you'll know now why it is the way it is. So purchase the books, and remember the discs as well. Some of those discs have 50 shows on them, and uh, that's good too because... You don't know when they're going to pull the plug with this new cyber security um, IDing they're putting out there very shortly. And uh, they're also going to license those who can come out on the Internet or radio shows and say things that are now politically incorrect. So help yourselves and help me at the same time to get along. You can also remember, too, from the U.S. to Canada, you can use personal check. You can also use an international postal money order to order anything, any of the books and so on for sale. PayPal is good for uh, donations. And if you want to purchase through PayPal, send the donation and then send a separate email with your name, address and order and I'll get it out to you. Same across the rest of the world. You've got all the same options except personal check. That's only good from the U.S. to Canada. Uh, across the world, you got to use MoneyGram, Western Union or Cash. Uh, or PayPal for donating or for purchasing. Same deal, send a separate email with uh, your order, name and address. We really, I keep reminding people because they forget so quickly, because we're born into what we think is our own time. It's not your parents' time, it's not your grandparents' time, it's your time, you think. And you don't realize while, you, while you're in your time, while your parents are still in their time, and your grandparents are in theirs too. 
uh, children as well coming up under you, uh, maybe a few years younger, are then put into their little stall as well. Everyone's put in a separate stall and worked on. Incredibly, with sciences you don't even know exist. The techniques from kindergarten onwards for every intake, updating them from the previous bunch to make sure they'll accept the things they will hear about changing in their own lifetime. That's how perfect it is. It's been on here for an awful long time. I mentioned before how Beria in the Soviet Union about 1934, when at the meeting of Comintern, mentioned that it used to get a generation to change the culture of a people. Now they can update it every four or five years. That was in 34. Now the music's coming in, I think, and we'll be back with more after this break. Alan Watt, back again, and we're cutting through the Matrix. And the Matrix is the big system, the, again, the, the slot that you've been born into pre-existing. You had nothing to do with it, really. And uh, also some New Agers would disagree with me, but so what? Uh, but you're born into this, and it's a pre-existing system. And even to be a citizen, they'll tell you that you're born with pre-existing duties. Well, how fair is that, you know? How, and how free is that as well? Supposing you disagree with those particular duties, for instance. Where's that out there? But this is the con that we're born into. There's so many cons involved with it. And really, the, the function that we serve, and we do serve a function on the planet this, in these modern so-called civilized countries, and the function is coming to the end of this stage of it where we go into the next stage. And then the population, of course, is to be taken down gradually, maybe speeding up cancers and all the rest of it, and sterility over the next 30, 40 years. Because the big boys have high hopes around the year 2050, all populations, including China, will really be on the decline. They already are in the Western countries. I have the official stats here, not the ones that tell you on the news. And um, we are really plummeting. But that's all in the great plan as well. You know, last night I mentioned a good video to watch, and it's good for all countries to watch it, because every country, again, the so-called civilized and progressive uh, and democratic uses this particular banking scam system of the central bank, where not one bank, really, um, central bank will print its own debt-free money. They farm it out, and then, of course, um, as given to the bankers. The, the government borrows, not from their own central bank, but from um, private banks. This is how it burdens so much debt with compound interest that we can never, ever, ever pay off. It's not meant to be paid off, you see. We'll have a big crash, and of course we're going through the training to get used to the big, big crash. We have been for quite a few years, and for much longer actually, but recently in the recent past they've given us more clues to it. Getting us trained to a new society, they're already starting in advance in Britain because that's a flagship. That's where they test it all out from the public. And um, this is to be across the whole Western world, this system. But that uh, video, as I say, it's called Oh Canada, uh, Bought and Sold. Uh, and it's really a very easy to understand way of putting across to the people how the banks are complete frauds. The central banks are complete frauds. The prime ministers are frauds. And the guys in charge of the money and any uh, parliamentary body or congressional body 
are also frauds because this young guy who did the video interviewed some ex-prime ministers and the chancellors of the cash and the whole bit. And it's so comical to hear the answers coming from these characters who tell you it's better for Canada to have massive debt that they can't pay off uh, than to print their own money uh, that would be debt-free. Uh, no kidding. And right enough, from their point of view, it's true because they're all members, you see, that was not in, the, in this, this movie. They're all members of the, the Institute for International Affairs, you see, CFR. That's why they're put there in all the countries across the world. Uh, but everyone should see it, have a good look at it. Uh, it's well done. And it's easily explained to the public just uh, what debt is, compound interest, all the rest of it. And you cannot get one politician to tell you why we can't print our own money. And because that was the whole idea of setting up what they called the Bank of Canada. It's the same idea with the, with the U.S., uh, with their central banking system and federal reserve system. They're all identical with different names. And they do the same things. See, the whole, the whole thing about debt is then a small coterie of people at the top, regardless of which party they put in, um, control your whole country and its policies, all of its policies. And there's so many good quotes used from different politicians, Canadian and, uh, and American, U.S., uh, uh, talking about this from the past, that what would happen if this ever happened? And it has all happened. And you've got all these phony politicians and backing it and seeing it's a great system uh, as we get debt and we keep accumulating more debt that we can never, ever pay off. It's not designed to be paid off. It's designed to make sure the same people have incredible control over you. You know, they, they did all this on a long, long time ago, setting up these banking systems. And even before Rothschild came into Britain, uh, the plan, the great big plan, the great work was already set up. And it was not sending out five young or four young children across the world, one stayed with his daddy, um, to take over the central banks. They were brought in at the right time to, to forward the plan. And believe you me, there was a massive organization already set up with guards and bodyguards, etc., to ensure that nothing happened to these characters. It was no spontaneous little rags to riches story, as they'd like to tell you, concerning the Rothschilds, for instance. But... See, owing money, uh, according to the law, uh, you're a slave. And that goes back to this strange old book, the Old Testament, that everybody uses, even the Masons use it. They don't use the new one, but they use the Old Testament. And even modern-day Christians, since they're all under the World Council of Churches that was set up by Rockefeller, of course, to make sure they all trained the same ministers and in the same seminars. Seminars is an interesting word. You get semen and all that kind of stuff comes from it. That's an old story, too, according to how they used to take their oaths at one time in ancient times. But anyway, as an aside, uh, it's interesting to see, as I say, how this whole new world order was set up long ago. And we're simply going through the final stages. I truly believe that the U.S. was set up from the beginning to do exactly what's been done today. Because Benjamin Franklin and others did make statements to do with a confederation of the world, and they hoped that what they did would, would, would end up being a confederation of the world, ruled by 12 wise men. They liked the number 12 because they were all into the Kabbalah in those days. It was very important to them. And the Kabbalah, of course, has nothing to do with magic as you think of it. There's certainly magic there. It's magic of conning people. There's a lot of arts you'll learn there and about humanity in itself. But uh, 
they really understood back there in Benjamin Franklin's day that they had a duty to perform across the whole world and were involved with revolutions. Uh, the bankers ended up on top regardless, and the U.S. did have a, a centralized banking system very early on, in fact, and one president uh, almost got shot trying to stop it, but the guns misfired. Uh, other ones were shot later on when they tried to do anything about it. And believe you me, if some guy somehow uh, got amnesia that, that was put in by the Council of Foreign Relations, and he suddenly got amnesia and decided to do the right thing and do anything about the, the, the reserve system in the States, uh, he'd be gone before you knew it. These guys don't mess around when it comes to the main organ of control, which is this thing called money. So look at that video, as I say. It pertains to every country's system. Every British Commonwealth country is the same, too. And uh, a few people run the world. And a few people plan the world. They have the aid of hundreds of think tanks specializing in different areas. They have planned out the world they want to, to, to bring into view. And we have to be living in the takedown of it. Interestingly, too, uh, I think it was about 10 years ago or so, at a World Bank conference, um, a man did get in. His son was killed. His son had a pass to it. But he took the pass and got in, and he thought it was going to be more about so, wilderness congresses and stuff like that and how to help wildlife, but it was not. The top people were there, all the big bankers, you know, the Strongs, all these characters, and I think it was a Rothschild that said, that uh, this is a generation that is unfortunately the cannon fodder for our, our plans. So the, he was talking about us. And folk who have lost their homes know all about that. They just don't understand the whys of it, or whys. Even companies were licensed by the feds uh, to set up their incredible mortgage companies, all shysters, and it was set up that way so that they could plummet the economy and lose the housing market when it happens, the same way as a stock market is run by a few people at the top, totally highly manipulated. And uh, they could have crashed that any time they wanted to with their bubbles, etc. But it was time now to go into the 21st century, and it's a century of change. You know, not one person at the top has ever mentioned what they mean by century of change. Well, you have to go into academia, who were using that term for the last 50 years, because they knew it was coming. They were working towards it. And they indoctrinate the future leaders of the country. Uh, so to me, they don't bother indoctrinating the general public. I read from Carol Quigley's book, Tragedy and Hope, and the Anglo-American establishment when they admitted owning all the major newspapers in the U.S. and in Britain. And it says that we never bother going to the general public. For the general public, they give you the, the, the they call it tits and bums, tits and bums newspapers, the oohs and ahs and scandal stuff and sports. Yeah, what they do is go straight for those who are, be, are the world managers. And this is also called the age of world managers. Not democracy, but world managers. That's what you're being given, folks. Now, there's an article here. This came out from CNN. And, and, and again, it's a, it's a half-truth here. It's the tab for the war on terrorism in the U.S. tops $1 trillion. Now, that's a lie. It's a lot more than a trillion. Why would you get any truth from the media that will cover for politicians? And Rockefeller thanks the media for for never mentioning what really happens at the big Bilderberger groups and all the rest of it, and his groups too, and keep it quiet from them. Why would you expect any truth from the media? 
All you'll get really is, is when laws are passed, they tell you that really, again, it's a sixth grade level, level what, what the laws are all about. They don't want you to really know what it's about. So anyway, they're claiming here the war on terrorism tops one trillion. I mean, Obama just gave two trillion to the banks, right? Two trillion, and he will not tell anybody in the U.S. who got, you know, the guys who actually got it. All the details. He won't tell the details. He says it might make the banks lose faith, and the public lose faith in the banks. Well, what a con! They steal two trillion off you, hand it to their their buddies that just looted you. And uh, and they're right back up top again with their with their expensive um, bonuses and all the rest of it, just like before. That's democracy. You're going to have to fight for that, are you? <laughs> anyway, then it says here that the U.S. has spent more than a trillion dollars in wars since September 11th, 2001, terror attack. And the music's coming in, so we're back after this. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the Matrix, reading an article from CNN about uh, $1 trillion in climbing, getting spent by the U.S. Off the, to, to do with the war of terror. I use the proper term, it's war of terror, you see. Uh, terrorizing the citizenry, of course, to give up all the rights for security. The, the oldest trick in the book. But anyway, why change a, a, a good formula when it works, eh? It says here... Um, Adjusting for inflation, the outlays for conflicts in Afghanistan, Iraq, and elsewhere around the world make the war on terrorism, war of terrorism, second only to World War II. The report costs of major U.S. wars, that's the name of the report, cost of major U.S. wars, by the Congressional Research Service, uh, attempts to compare war costs over a more than 230-year period from the American Revolution to the current day, noting the difficulties associated with such a task. They have that all set up, you know. They don't. They don't. They, all these guys do nothing except counting. Eh? Since the 9/11 terror attacks, the United States has spent an estimated 1.15 trillion dollars. World War II cost 4.1 trillion when converted to current dollars, although the tab in the 1940s was 296 billion. So 296 billion dollar. Uh, the U.S. has now gone to 1.15 trillion. That's what they call inflation, meaning your, your money becomes worthless. World War II consumed a massive 36% of America's gross domestic product, a broad measurement of the country's economic output. The post-9/11 cost of the conflict is about 1% GDP. Comparisons of costs of wars over a 230-year period, however, are inherently problematic. The report says. One problem is how to separate costs of military operations from costs of forces in peacetime. In recent years, the Department of Defense has tried to identify the additional incremental expenses of engaging in military operations over and above the cost of maintaining standing military forces. Well, when you look at the costs of these drones, for instance, I don't know how many millions they cost each. Uh, they get one bang out them sometimes when they do a suicider with them. I mean... It's, in, it's incredible. The, the, I mean, Bill Clinton, when he was in office, and everybody forgot this too, he had the, the Navy uh, firing off cruise missiles every day over Iraq. And each cruise missile uh, uh, cost over a, what, what was a million dollars or something. I think I called them cruise. I always get mixed up the names of them. But anyway, it, it, it popped off a dozen per day or more, a million dollars a pop. 
they're landing in the desert, blowing things up, mainly sand. And uh, that went on for years. But no one thinks about that. But anyway, it says, um, a congressional budget office estimates that from 2007, said the cost of the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq could total 2.4 trillion by 2017, more than double the current amount. So they're there for 30 years or more. Even at the start, they were told to be there for about 40, so we're, we're, I guess we're getting there. But really, that's what money is. It's utter nonsense because there's nothing to back it. There's nothing to compare it against. And uh, the boys at the top decide its value all the time. And it's always going to be worth less and less and less the more you owe. And uh, it's, it's by compound interest. They're borrowing from private banks, the World Bank, and through the IMF and different groups. But it's all really the same dozen bankers they're borrowing from. Quite some. But we take that in our stride because folks say, well, what can you do? What can you do when your government's rogue? When your government literally is, is, is going off on a different tangent with a different agenda than anybody even knows about across the world. And we'll never tell the public what they're up to. And they don't even educate the public, any of the public, on what money is. It's the same in Canada. Yeah, that was very good again in that, that, doc, that documentary uh, video. It's up on Google or YouTube, uh, O Canada. It shows you by interviewing Canadians, they haven't got a clue what money is or where it comes from. We're taught to be that way. Now, another big scam that's going on too is, as we're going into the carbon, the, the carbon con, uh, where big boys, of course, are going to make, again, incredible bigger fortunes than they already have uh, off our backs with carbon taxes and CO2 taxes and all that nonsense and rubbish. It's just amazing. And uh, but regardless, they're going ahead regardless. And even when the carbon uh, nonsense is being uh, debunked and exposed, uh, they come back. What can they do? They'll get their big guns in on the axe. Now, they've been so humiliated with all the leaked emails and so on with their fudged facts and uh, the fact that they had to lie and they wanted to lie and all the rest of it, never mind all the grants they live on, these uh, quack scientists. But uh, NASA comes to the rescue, you see. Now, I, now, I can remember NASA uh, with its fake moon landing and it's, uh, I think Rennie put a very good book out at the time. It was called NASA Mooned America. So here's NASA Moon in America and the world again. And NASA also, by the way, I can remember when, see, they're looking for, for reasons to take over the world through ecological reasons. There had to be some big disaster that was impending or whatever, way back in the, in the, in the early 70s even. And they came up with uh, uh, the lakes, acid rain. Acid rain was going to wipe out all the fresh water supplies in the world. And, of course, Murray Strong was in on it, and all the big boys were in on it. And the UN was pushing for total control of the world's resources and fresh water. Still is, of course. And, you know, they'd have documentaries on television. Peter Mansbridge in Canada uh, was all into it and all the rest of it. Peter Mansbridge is, is your sort of main Canadian daddy spokesman. People grew up with him here. And whatever he says must be true because he's daddy. And it tells you at the beginning of the CBC when he comes on, the most trusted man in Canada. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. We got cut off again. It always, always happens at 830. And it's not my end. It's not the other end. It's something in between. However, this has been going on for a while. What I was saying about NASA, though, NASA's come to the rescue. These are the guys who promised us from their, from their, you know, their satellite photographs that, that you know, acid rain would wipe out the fresh water supply back in the 70s. And how the UN was all behind this. And oh, it was a big coming catastrophe. And we'd have to give up all our rights and give our water supply to a world body, all the rights to it. Which is still pushing for, by the way. And actually fulfilling in a different manner. And, uh, that kind of fuzzed away because so many fishermen were going up north and stuff and, and, and catching big fish in the lakes and saying, nee, it isn't as dead as they seem. So, uh, so, so after that came uh, the hole in the ozone, the hole in the ozone that n- no one could detect again except NASA and their special high-flying planes and their satellites. And uh, so everybody had pictured this, this hole in the ozone. You, you pictured it in your mind, and they give you lots of good descriptions in the newspaper. It's kind of like a vortex hole. And again, the New Agers thought they got up the vortex into and escape this planet, which I, I could have joined them, mind you. It's getting that bad. I could find it the hole again. But the hole closed, you see. It just disappeared and faded away once again. So then they came up, of course, with, with other things since that only they can detect. No one else has equipment to detect uh, the dying lakes and the, the hole in the ozone. And here they come up with a beauty again. Same way going to the moon. I mean, who else was there at your report today? <laughs> but so... Um, here we go again, and we've got a puzzling collapse of the Earth's upper atmosphere. Oh, isn't that, oh, oh it's just like the movies are churning out like crazy right now about impending catastrophes. Well, that's what they've come to, to realize. Listen to this, listen to how this is put now. July, July 15, 2010, NASA-funded researchers are monitoring a big event in our planet's atmosphere. High above the, above the Earth's surface where the atmosphere meets space, a rarefied layer of gas called the thermosphere recently collapsed and is now rebounding again. Maybe it needs a little scotch or something. Eh? But anyway, it says, It's the biggest contraction of the thermosphere in the last 43 years, says John Emmert of the Naval Research Lab, lead author of a paper announcing the finding in the June 19th issue of the Geophysical Research Letters. It's a space-age record, he says. The collapse happened during the deep solar minimum of 2008 to 2009, a fact which comes as little surprise to researchers. The the thermosphere always cools and contracts when solar activity is low. In this case, however, the magnitude of the collapse was two to three times greater than low solar activity could explain. (gasps) We need specialists to tell us this and utterly confuse us, and then we'll believe them. Something is going on that we do not understand, says Emmert. The thermosphere ranges in altitude from 90 kilometers to 600 plus kilometers. It's a realm of meteors, auroras, and satellites which skim through the thermosphere as they circle Earth. Well, I'm really impressed now. It's also where solar radiation makes first contact with our planet. So it's saving us, you see. The thermosphere intercepts extreme ultraviolet photons from the sun before they can reach the ground. When solar activity is high, the EUV warms the thermosphere, causing it to puff up like a marshmallow held over a campfire, if you've got a license to have one, that is, and burn that carbon stuff. This heating can raise temperatures as high as 1400K. Hence the name thermosphere. When solar activity is low, the opposite happens. And they give you lovely drawn graphs and everything. I'm really impressed with this. But guess what's there at the end of it? What could be causing it? Well... 
It says, an NCR video shows how carbon dioxide warms the lower atmosphere but cools the upper atmosphere. When carbon dioxide gets into the thermosphere, it acts as a coolant shedding heat via infrared radiation. You impressed now? It is widely known that CO2 levels have been increasing in Earth's atmosphere. Extra CO2 in the thermosphere could have magnified the cooling action of solar minimum. <gasps> but the, dump, the numbers don't quite add up, says Emmer. Even when we take CO2 into account using our best understanding of how it operates as a coolant, we cannot fully explain the thermosphere's collapse. But then they go around in circles and they come back and say it could be CO2. So they've got to get something to, that we must believe in, you see. So watch out for this becoming a big one when they, they start to crank it up and crank it up. And you'll hear all about NASA and they'll show you wonderful graphs and stuff and, and uh, satellites in space and all the rest of it showing you uh, computer-generated models of if there was a collapse and stuff like that, you know. And uh, that's how they do things these days. But the agenda is going the way it's supposed to, you see, in the West and elsewhere where, where the, the first world countries were. Uh, childless couples are set to become the most common family type, and this is from uh, New Zealand Herald News, June the 30th. And that goes through how um, this, in, in a few years that will be the new, according to stats, uh, New Zealand statistics, New Zealand. That's the same as we've got one in Canada, statistics too, or run by the government. And figures show today that the number of families that have been projected to increase to 230,000 or 22% from 1.05 million in 2001 to 1.28 million in 2021. However, a continuation of recent trends. Oh, who sets the trends, eh? Lower birth rates, more single parenting, and general aging of the population will keep the makeup of uh, average New Zealand family. It's to be mainly single mums and so on. And I guess they'll bring in immigrants to keep the numbers up and pay off the national debt like everybody else. That's the excuse to use elsewhere. Now, we don't have to worry about anything too badly, to be honest with you. Because, you see, the governments have got things under control. Everything's under control as we go through this age of austerity and we pay off massive compound interest to the big fat boys and uh, are mystified as to where it all go, as it's supposed to, you see. Um, Britain's gone even further. Remember, this is the flagship for, for every country in the world. That's what the Royal Institute of International Affairs said in its very first papers. The flagship, everybody in the world will copy what Britain does. Commutarianism, etc. But here's the next crazy thing too. Fears accident rates could rise as motorway lights, such as highway lights, are switched off at midnight to cut pollution. <laughs> to cut pollution. <laughs> and it says here, 18th of July, uh, uh, actually it was updated on the 20th of July 2010. Um, so storm, uh, uh, well actually it's just jumped on me, it's this, whole, this whole thing just jumped on me. But anyway, that's what they're doing in Britain. Um, they're actually going to actually cut off the lights for till 5 in the morning to save power and save CO2 as they close down the last of the coal plants while the British taxpayers help fund via the UN uh, millions and billions to India and China to set up new coal-fired plants, as I mentioned uh, last week or so. But what's happening is, is absolutely amazing. It's amazing. Uh, we've watched a, a whole generation grown up, really, um, of emasculated males. We're the only place they're, they're given. And by the way, Quigley goes through the whole process of this emasculation over a long time period, including using the schools to do it, propaganda, movies, and so on. It's happened. 
because they wanted uh, this particular generation that won't fight for anything. He's nothing to fight for. He's, he doesn't even have a best friend. basically his dog. And um, the only time he gets any, any kind of uh, support at all from society and any acclamation is when he puts a uniform on and it becomes a somebody because he falls for the ads on television which tell him to join the army, uh, be all he can be. That's with a B-E-E, by the way. And that actually was one of their ads, B-E-E, all you can be. And go off to, to foreign countries, meet exotic people and, and, and kill them. So that's um, that's really uh, what, what they, that's when they get a claim, you see, for killing people. They're somebody's and they get little, little tin stars and stuff to put on their chest. And even better ones, maybe made of a better metal if they die. But uh, it seems to be quite enough for them because uh, they're still young men. They haven't grown up yet, you see. They haven't grown up at all, in fact. They've got no wisdom whatsoever. A few months before they join up, you know, they're playing cowboys and Indians in the forest. And then they're taught the same thing in training. Bang, bang, you're dead. The next thing you know, they're off to somewhere else where they're killing some people they don't even know. And they get rewarded for it. So they can suddenly prove they're a warrior, you see. Because we all came from warrior classes at one time. But in this artificial system that's been created, um, they don't allow us to be warriors, except for the authorized ones that beat you over the head, taser you, and burn you to death with electricity, or, or go off as a saving fight for them. So that's the system in which we live. And they're enjoying it. They're enjoying tasering people too in, in, the, in the domestic armies, and that's the police forces. That's what they are. They're paramilitary organizations, more and more so during uh, 2001 and onward, because of all these gadgets and gizmos and a free hand to do what they want. And they're sadistic. They're sadistic. All their frustrations of being emasculated comes out when they get a victim that's utterly helpless and they can torture or burn to death. And there's another article here, another one of their victims. I hope they'll put a, 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 another wall up for these characters someday with all their names in it that have been killed with these taser guns. Uh, this is from the Denver Post. Inmates say they witnessed a man's death when jailers restrained and shot him repeatedly. They arrested a guy and brought him to the holding jails. This is... Um, um, the guy himself was sitting there, he'd been booked and all the rest of it. He was just, he was well known to the locals. He would panhandle on the street and all the rest of it. He had one small offence years ago for probably having a toke on him or something like that. But it says that Marvin Booker just wanted to get his shoes because he got up when he was told to come to the desk and get his shoes off. But deputies at the new Denver jail told him to stop when Booker's, who was being processed in a charge of possession of drug paraphernalia, well, that could be anything, didn't obey, he was held down, hit with electric shocks, and then placed face down in a holding cell, according to two inmates who watched it unfold. Booker never got up. He was pronounced dead later that morning. I've never seen anything like it in my life, said John Yedo, who has been processed in the charge of destruction of property, and said he witnessed the scene. What I saw is not what you'd expect to see in America. I'm sorry, but it is. It's everywhere else, too. The two jail witnesses who were both arrested in the early hours of the morning around the time Booker was being processed, were contacted and uh, interviewed by the Denver Post separately. Both of them said they had not been questioned by police investigating the death of Booker, a homeless ordained minister who served the poor. He worked in soup kitchens and stuff, but also a habitual criminal with a long string of arrests. Uh, anyway, it was a female that got first of all to do it, and uh, the two other deputies egged him on and told her to hit him in the you-know-what with it, you know, just to get really sadistic, you know. 
and it bunged him in the cell and he was, wasn't breathing anyway and, and it said to the deputies, laughed as they walked away, just had a good old laugh, ha ha ha, we tasered him in the, the nether regions, you know, ha 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 ha. That's the society that you have today. This war has taken many fronts. Many, many, many fronts. And they had to destroy morality. They had to destroy the family unit and completely alter the family unit so that guy would take after his dad and not his mum. And by the way, it quickly covers that whole process. Doesn't condemn it because he was all for what they were doing, being the historian of the Council on Foreign Relations. Had to be done, he said. But that's what we've raised today. The right population of psychopathic nobodies, really, who will vent their frustrations out on you with their heavy, heavy weaponry and laugh as they burn you to cinders. That's what we've raised. And the females are no different at all. That's America. That's Britain. That's Canada. That's everywhere else. The war has taken many fronts to destroy everything that held a self-surviving society together. We have lost all self-preservation. We have been thoroughly domesticated by a plan which you can find the writings of in different, different books, many, many books from top people who were involved in it. And it's been successful using behaviorists and behavioral psychology and a lot of stuff they got from Pavlov via the Soviets to introduce into the school systems. And the school systems now are entirely almost matriarchal. It's the female sets. That's why guys don't do too well in it at all these days. It's designed for the female. And Quigley also admits that. And he was all for that too. It was meant to emasculate the male. And what do you see with the male? Well, he likes his beer. That's his, in Canada, it's unbelievable. The ads are just beer, 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 have a party. Be nice and friendly and have a party. That's the, that's the only message you guys get. Always be agreeable to everybody. Accept everything that comes down the pike. Yep, yeah, and they do. Massive warfare, massive psychology. And you go into Russell's different writings and many others different writings, all confirming this, that they could create the kind of person they wanted to create quite easily without that person's knowledge it was even happening to them. Whole societies, whole countries have been done that way. But don't worry. The U.S. has got something left. Here's a clue. They're bringing out another power. This is from uh, another newspaper. I'll put all these links in cuttingthroughthematrix.com at the end of the show. As Governor Patterson, Patterson is counting on a Madonna-blessed higher power to lead him out of the mess in Albany. The lame duck governor has begun wearing a red string Kabbalah bracelet, just like in the material girl, in an eyebrow-raising bid to deflect ill will, it says here. It was explained to the governor that the red string is a symbol of protection that wards off problems and tribulations. I guess everybody should wear them in court. eh? Patterson's spokesman Morgan Hook said his attitude was that he'll take all the help he can get. Patterson could be forgiven for turning to a little divine protection. In the past six months, he found himself under investigation, dumped his re-election bid as a result, and wrestled with the legislator over the state budget. (coughs) 
So he's apparently trying his luck with the trendy talisman favoured by followers of the mystical Jewish discipline. But unlike Madonna, Demi Moore and Britney Spears, Patterson is not yet one of the devoted, a spokesman said. You have to go into his genealogy as well, I guess. So don't worry, you know, uh, just wear red strings around. That goes all the way back to the Sufis, actually, that whole thing. They wore it around their waist, still do. And then the early precursors of the the uh, Rosicrucians uh, also wore one around a different area, actually. Um, it was their family jewels, as Masons call them, for the males. So you get the points. And that's how they often did recognize each other, because in those days they did took the ancient or took the ancient custom. Getting back to the talk, talk about seminary and semen and all the rest of it, you find in the ancient Bible that's how they took oaths to each other. It wasn't uh, placing your, hi- your hand on the thigh of your father and vice versa. It was on the you know what, the family jewels. In fact, in ancient Judaic courts, you were led in by that, and that's where the term comes from. Uh, they got you by the short and curlies. If you lied in front of the judge, they were crushed. Maybe they should bring that back today for congressional hearings and stuff like that. Anyway, that's the real life, folks. We're run by uh, madness on the one hand, trivia on the other, and a system, a very clever ancient system, uh, writing side by side as well. And you can't make this stuff up, though. You really can't. It's just incredible what really, really goes on. Now, here's another article, Institute for the Future. Very, very important for those who follow Bernays and all the offspring and all the offsprings of his mind, which he didn't create himself. He was taught through a very old society, uh, as was uh, his uncle Freud as well. And Institute for the Future is having a big meeting. And this was 14th of May, 2010. This is where all your advertising in your, in your mind melds come from. Back after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix and just talking about this, uh, this conference that's been, but uh, even the topics they, they, they're, they're, they give you in the preview was pretty interesting too because these are the big boys that work for advertising. They work for, for PR, for governments. They work for the uh, PR that goes through universities taught via their professors. They're all strategically placed there. And uh, it gives you your, your new reality. But they're really into, again, um, um, the advanced behaviorism techniques to make you do things that they want you to do, believe what they want, to, they want you to believe, and behave the way they want you to behave. So I'll leave this link up too, but they do talk about um, uh, persuasive technologies, new media channels and data to motivate the actions we want. That's talking about you, while at the same time protecting ourselves from unwanted influences, etc. That's protests, waking up and, and kicking back at it. You're not supposed to know what's happening to you. Most folk don't all, and they actually are already under it. And they go into haptic literacies, the new experience of touch and interacting with digital surfaces. It's also the stimulation of your brain and interfacing you with that too. So I'll put that link up as well. And uh, as I say, I'd like to end just touching on everybody must get stones. This is the Observer Britain. Uh, but that great Novu Catholic that came out, Tony Blair, you know, the, the guy who, who uh, studied everything except Catholicism but believes he can change everything from within because that's part of his job, ongoing job. And this was Sunday the 8th of December 2002. 
It says the most accessible entrance into the Blair's spirit world of paganism, spiritualism, pseudoscience, and quackery is through a chat with Sherry, that's his wife, his homeopathic dowser healer, one Jack Temple, aged 86. Temple is the possessor of a Neolithic stone circle, which he assures me captures the healing energies of the stars, sun and moon, and holds them for the benefit of his paying customers. That tells you how he got this. It was really a pile of rubbish that a farmer had harrowed off his field. Uh, but he's, he's convinced the public these are standing stones, this guy, this uh, shyster. Uh, but Sherry and Tony Blair are really into all this stuff, you know. It says, um, it says here, um, the guy got irritated, of course, where it was mentioned that these were any old stones that were picked up. He says, he says, I doused them with my magic pendulum, says Mr. Temple. Of course, I made the amazing discovery that each of the 16 stones relieves stress in different parts of the body and muscles, brain, and so on. And it goes on and on and on. So he caters to all, all the bigwigs and so on. And he says it, it, he planted his circle with strawberries right about the stones that he set up. He'll sell you a small packet of the dried leaves for £10. It's a bargain, as Cherry Blair knows. Temple said in his autobiography, Medicine Man, I believe I've helped the lame to walk, the barren to conceive, and the sand to smile. <laughs> he sounds like a politician to me. Eh? I've been able to reflate the lungs of children previously. A condemned to a life constricted by asthma. I've even seen the bald parts of middle-aged and elderly men begin to spring hair growth again. Oh, goodness me. Now, Fergie as well uh, is a client of his. That's Fergie the, the, who's addicted to all the drugs and she's always getting dried out and stuff and they try to find charitable works for her to do for communitarianism. But um, she goes, and that she's, that's big bucks as well. But uh, he'll even sell you for £85 a pile of stones and instructions how to lay them out in the garden. He blesses them, of course, you see. So this, this, is, from, this is the guy who was a counsellor to, to Tony Blair, huh? who's the, the new good Catholic guy now, really. Well, from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your God's goal with you.